so high right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama! Oh my mama made it, ma! Anything's possible! Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance at All the real Celtics fans in attendance This the truth like 34 This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars The crowd goes crazy Most in-depth coverage on the daily Mainly podcast royalty The content kings When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings Focus like Danny at the deadline Global with it got a local feel like the red line The blue line, the green line Play it in between time I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime And press play When the F's done I can't wait until the next day Trying to stay in tune with the C's That's the best way Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. I want to thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Whatever it is that you're doing, wherever it is that you are going, I'm glad that you're taking me with you on your ride to work, at work, in your shower, whatever it is, or if you're watching on YouTube, however you decide to watch on YouTube. I'm John Corrales. I cover the team for the Boston Sports Journal, and I have written a book. It's called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. And it is available wherever books are sold. Also, signed copies on my website, johncorrales.com. I am streaming live on YouTube and on Periscope to get people to ask me questions. It is a live Q&A podcast. So hopefully this uh, thing works that I'm using to do my multiple stream live podcast. So if you are watching right now and you have questions, you can ask them and I should be able to see them. In fact, here's a nice little test, a comment from YouTube that says, John, thank you, Donald Brown. All right. So pop the questions into the comments, pop the questions into a tweet and I will start answering them. This is different. Normally, I get the questions ahead of time. I get to pick and all this other stuff. So I will try to follow them live. I, uh, the audio of this will be the podcast, the daily podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app. Join me this week, generally on Fridays, to get in on the action. They are on iOS. They have an Android beta. So download that Locker Room app. Locker Room is changing the way we talk about sports. I'm changing the way we talk about sports right now with a stream of questions from people. And I'll just put one up here. Is there an update on Jalen Brown? We have not heard any news on Jalen Brown, which is actually not a bad thing. Adam Himmelsbach of the Boston Globe did have a tweet that said, uh, no official update yet, but they are optimistic. They don't think that he had any sort of serious injury. From what I saw it didn't look like it would have been a serious injury, but what it looked like was an aggravation of the uh, right ankle sprain that he had from uh, earlier. So he had a couple of days where the the right ankle was a problem, and right now, so far, it seems like it might just be uh, a lingering ankle issue. So right now, nothing. Uh, let me get to... Fuzzy Dunlap, you get one three-pointer to win a game. Which bench role player do you give it to? Ooh, okay. There are not that many options off of the bench. I think as far as, I'm. 
the the real options are what Peyton Pritchard and Aaron Neesmith at this point, right? Uh, Neesmith has come on, and I think Neesmith is generally the better shooter. But Peyton Pritchard is older, four year guy at Oregon, and I think Neesmith uh, is going to eventually going to be the guy. Right now, it's Pritchard because I just think he's more poised. Uh, Neesmith is going to be the better player, but right now I think Pritchard is the more poised shooter, a guy that I might trust a little bit more just because he's a little bit older and he's, he's been around, uh, he's, he's been in these games. He's been in some pretty big games in college. So, uh, that's my answer there. Uh, let me keep on going here. Boy, these things are flying in. This is great. Do you think Kemba will be in Boston until his contract is up or uh, will he be traded before then? So I'm not – the way it's trending right now, it really just depends on the ownership's appetite for paying that luxury tax. If If they're willing to pay a little extra luxury tax, then maybe he does stay throughout the uh, the duration of his contract. If we're going historically, as Ryan Bernadoni at DangerCart on Twitter points out regularly, uh, historically they have not paid a ton of tax. And uh, that's, I think, worth noting because recent history will help dictate what the future is. So if the Celtics don't have an appetite for paying a, a a tax bill. And if they don't think that they're a hundred percent contenders, like if keeping Kemba Walker is the difference between a championship and not a championship, then they'll keep them or a, a chance at a championship. If keeping Kemba Walker is a hindrance of any sort, or if it costs them too much. And if Danny Ainge can't convince the ownership group that this, this is a, a team that can contend with Kemba, with them paying the tax, then they might have to make a move. And then now it just depends on his performance moving forward and how much a team thinks he can help. And will the Celtics have to attach a second round pick, a first round pick, or whatever to move him? This is the ugly business of the NBA where, where this type of stuff matters. And the one wild card that I, I want to keep in mind is this looming, a few years from now, new TV contract that Maybe, and obviously this is not, uh, that it hasn't been negotiated at all, but the rumors, the reports that I'd seen say that this thing could be significantly more than this current TV contract. And I know TV ratings are, are what they are and and that's going to have to change. But if TV networks feel like they're going to get their money's worth out of this and, and this, uh, next TV deal goes up, then maybe, the Celtics will say, hey, we know we've got more money coming, and so we're more willing to keep Kemba, even if he's in a reduced role. I think there's value to keeping Kemba, but I understand there's a um, – I understand where both sides are coming from here. Let me go back to the comments here real quick. Um, Tim says – I went back to the box scores from the 2012 <laughs> Eastern Conference Finals. Totally forgot about Steamsma. How can you forget about Steamsma? He was the next Bill Russell. Uh, Noah, 
wants to say wants to know do we see development to Rob's game where Brad allows him to handle the ball a little bit more and move the ball faster in transition he's not there yet he's nowhere near there yet but i think that there's there's room for, like Rob's never going to bring the ball up he's never going to bring the ball up can he dribble the ball a little bit more sure i think where robert williams ball handling skills will help is if he could put the ball on the deck two, three times and get to the rim, that's going to be a big deal because that opens up the fake dribble handoff. That's the think bam out of bio, uh, that type of play. If Rob can fake the dribble handoff, Grant Williams is good at this, fake the dribble handoff, take two, three dribbles and then finish at the rim then watch out because that makes him a ton more dangerous. Is anybody going to outlet the ball to Robert Williams? I don't think so. Maybe on the rare occasion, a, you know, in a, in a double team in a press situation, he might get the ball and have to beat the shot. The, the, the eight second count that's possible, but he's never going to be, I don't think an outlet guy, but Hey, who knows you, you work on your handle two, three years. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but Definitely needs to work on his handle, and if he can, if he can fake dribble handoff and and attack the rim or slip a screen like a high pick and roll and slip a screen and get the get the pass and turn and feel comfortable taking two dribbles, even if it's two dribbles and whipping a pass out to the corner for a corner three, that's going to be a huge development. So that's that I, I do think that Rob uh, increasing or improving his ball handling will be a um, a good idea. Let me take a moment here to tell you all about Locker Room. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. It's the first social audio platform that's made for sports fans. It's free to download. Once you are in, you can talk to me, other fans, athletes, insiders, all in real time. I generally do them on Fridays. It's really cool. It's like sports talk radio on your, on your device. You hop on stage. I bring you on. We talk for two, three minutes. Meanwhile, people are in the chat. They're talking back and forth. Uh, it, it's been a really fun experience. I go for an hour and I have to stop. We've already got characters developing within the people who are on Locker Room. So download the Locker Room app. You're going to join me this week on Friday. Uh, it's currently available on all iOS devices. It's in beta on Android, so try it. It might be a little wonky, but it's definitely there for everybody. On, uh, on Locker Room, I'm at John Corrales. Join the NBA group. You'll get notified when you follow me when my room goes live. Obviously, I'll be tweeting it out as well. You will not want to miss it at all. Again, Fridays, uh, and I can't wait to hear all of your thoughts. Share your thoughts. It's a real conversation with me on Locker Room. It's not like this Q&A. Generally, we can actually have a, a conversation. It's very chill, very laid back. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Let's move on from here. Uh, Sway, is it safe to say that Aaron Neesmith has taken Shimmy Ojale's minutes in the playoffs? Not necessarily safe to say because, because. Playoffs are defend, de- dependent on matchups. And Aaron Neesmith has certainly taken Shemi Ojale's regular season minutes, for sure. Um, and as long as he keeps playing hard 
and he keeps taking his shots confidently, I think that's going to continue and he'll be, he'll be just fine. Um, in the playoffs, I'm not a hundred percent sure that he's going to, uh, get the same run that he's going to have the same impact. He's a rookie who has just started to break out in his last three games with two weeks left before the regular season ends. He's never experienced playoff basketball. Shemi Ojale has, uh, he's never really had to defend any of these big stars, uh, in the past. Shemi Ojale has, uh, he has proven himself to understand the situation. And I think at full health, Shemi Ojale still has the potential to be helpful I know people want to get really down on Shemi Ojale. Shemi Ojale right now, this is his role. And this is, I think, his, his spot in the NBA. Ninth, tenth guy on a bench, certainly has a role, can step up in an, an eighth or ninth bench spot, seventh man bench spot. If you ask him to spot start, you're going to get spotty results. But he's not an NBA starter. But this season, he's had to step in and do that. I'm not going to get down on Shemi Ojale because I know who he is, how hard he works, and what his role is supposed to be. Let's not go too crazy. I don't. I want to set the expectations the right way with Aaron Neesmith. He's been very good. It's very possible that he can continue this in the playoffs. It's also a little more likely that the moment might be a little too big for him. And But at the same time, it's good that he's going to get that experience, and if he does get that experience, it's a good learning experience. That's why I think it is still important for the Celtics to get in there and make their playoff run. I'm not advocating for them to sit there and, and fall out of the play-in tournament and just say, forget it, go to next year. I'm advocating for them to get into the playoffs, make their run, and give Neesmith, give Pritchard this experience because even though this might be a lost year, Next season is so important that getting Neesmith and getting Pritchard and getting these younger guys, getting Romeo Langford back in there, getting them some playoff experience, at least understanding what the moment is, next year when the Celtics need them to make a deep playoff run, those guys at least have a sense of what's to come. Uh, what do you think of signing Chris Paul in free agency this year if he decides to leave Phoenix? Um, I, first of all, I'm not putting any, any stock into him leaving Phoenix. Uh, I don't know what his contract situation is. Let me look that up real quick, but, um, let me see here. Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul. No, he's <laughs> never mind. Next year. He's got a $44 million player option. He's not turning that down. <laughs> That's the end of that answer right there. Uh, and the Phoenix situation has been good for him anyway. Uh, they, but he's not turning down 44 million. So, um, forget that. Uh, let's see, moving on, uh, a comment from Joseph Jackson, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson won their first ring in their sixth and fourth years, respectively with Brown and Tatum in their fifth and fourth seasons. Why does the fan base lean to the window is closing? Ah, well, there's a whole lot of negativity. This season has been a pile of dog crap. And honestly, the answer to this question to me is human psychology. 
that we are, we have been trapped. We have spent a year kind of in various forms of quarantine, stuck at home. Uh, this season has hit people in the middle of the winter. So you're stuck at home. It's cold. It was cold and gross. And the sun was going down at four 30 in the afternoon. Everybody's kind of pissed off in general. So I think the negativity, which was like here goes up to here and the people who are not watching, you can just understand that my hand was down low and then it's up high. So I think there's a lot of added negativity. Uh, people want linear progress. Celtics went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now they have to go to the finals. Or they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals here. Uh, you have to improve and at least put a better showing on. They, the People do not accept that sports doesn't go in a straight line up. It's very much like a stock ticker that goes up and down, up and down, up and down. And sometimes, sometimes teams do have a, a rapid ascent. Sometimes teams struggle for a while and then something clicks. Sometimes you sign somebody. Sometimes you trade for somebody. People want things now. Uh, it's very much the Homer Simpson, you know, flash fry a buffalo in 40 seconds. 40 seconds, but I want it now. Immediate gratification. And with everything, people have been especially pissed off. The, the way this season has gone, people have been hurt. People have been sick. Nothing looks right. Uh, people are just angry, 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 angry. I've never had a worse experience on social media, man. People are, people are coming at me with like super, super negativity. I, I can't stand it. So, and look, I admit I'm a positive guy, but I think I'm also realistic in, you know, I, I from my perspective, I, I don't think, like, I'll tell you when I think something is wrong. Some people have different perspectives, which I fir firmly, you know, enjoy. But the negativity is is over the top this year. Um, let's see. Skyler wants to know: Would Danny Green be a realistic comp for Neesmith's ceiling in the NBA? You know, I do. I wouldn't have thought so. But that would be, I think, if the Celtics get a Danny Green out of Aaron Neesmith, that would be amazing. You know, that a, a, a defensive wing, switchable, good on ball, high energy guy you know, can, can, uh, attack, nah, I don't want to say attack a little, yeah, I don't want exact, uh, Danny, I don't want Danny Green dribbling too much either, but, you know, take a dribble off a closeout, maybe pass the ball, move the ball, and then of course be a dead eye shooter. If that is his ceiling, considering that Tatum and Brown are your two stars and maybe you had a third star, maybe not, you need good role players. If, if, Neesmith becomes a high-end role player like Danny Green. Yeah, sign me up. Let's see here. Rolling on down. Man, whew. lots of comments. This is great. Thank you for the comments, everybody. Uh, DeJour Falk, do you think it would help the team to get more veterans on the bench next year instead of people like Carson Edwards and Shemi Ojale? Yeah, um, I do think that Look, I, I keep bringing up the Jay Crowder type. I, I do kind of want somebody who has more chip on his shoulder type of uh, – uh, just just to add a little bit more edge. This team is lacking in edge. But, yeah, veteran help. And, and look, if the Celtics show themselves to be uh, contenders, and depending on what they do, they, they have 
they they do have the potential Kemba move or whatever that's going to be. They do have the rest of the Evan Fournier trade exception, the the Gordon Hayward trade exception, whatever they didn't spend on Fournier. They have that money to spend. They they have the ability to sign a free agent, not a big time free agent, but they do have some free agent money to spend where they otherwise wouldn't. So what moves do the Celtics make? What do they do on draft night? What 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 do they end up adding? So it's possible that some veterans who think, hey, look, I still have something to give, but I want to go to a contender and and have a chance at a championship. And I'm not saying, you know, like I'll use LaMarcus Aldridge as an example because he's he's had to retire. But somebody with something left to give that could maybe sign at a minimum or a biannual or one of the taxpayer mid-level type of contracts. If, if one of those guys looks around and says, Hey, here's my chance to play 20, 25 minutes and contribute to a team. But because of Tatum and Brown and whatever else they have, I have a real shot at a championship and, and we'll, we'll, we'll make our push into that top four. And into that stratosphere with Brooklyn and Philly and Milwaukee, that there's there's a possibility that some good veterans, I don't have a list in front of me, but there's a possibility that some good veterans might at least consider Boston. Uh, let's see here. Um, Hawks won. Knicks are winning. Any realistic path to five, which is probably the same as four, given limits on the fans. So I... Let me see here. The the Knicks, who are the Knicks playing? They're playing Memphis, and it's in the third quarter, and they're up 11. That would be a good win. This is a huge stretch for the um, the New York Knicks. They're, they're entering the second half. So first of all, 11 points in the second half is, is not a lot, but I got to give the Knicks credit. They are they're handling their business. I still think that there's a strong possibility that they can falter. And the Celtics are a game and a half out of that fifth seed. The Celtics need to start winning these games. They cannot have another loss. But I, I do think there's a, a realistic path because I think the Knicks could fall. I think the Knicks are due for some real losses. They've won nine out of ten. And the Celtics play Miami twice, and Miami's one game ahead. So if you beat Miami twice, which obviously is a tall, tall ask, a tall order, but if you beat Miami twice, there it is. You're that puts you into the sixth seed at the very least. And if New York falls, that push that could push you up into the fifth seed. And then whatever happens to Atlanta, they're out of time really to, to do anything differently. But there is certainly a um a a possibility of them. Let's see. Um Aaron. At what point do you start considering the Celtics get a new coach? I, I'm I'm not I'm not considering a new coach right now. Like it's been very uh, there, there's been a vocal group of people that has said they want a new coach, but I don't think that that's the problem. And the people who say new coach always want to pop up in the last you know the last few minutes of a bad quarter or bad half. The people in the first half of the Spurs game, my mentions were flooded with, they've tuned out Brad, time to fire Brad. I don't hear from people when the Celtics are winning about firing Brad. 
because it doesn't fit what they, you know, how pissed off they are. But then in the second half, that's why I tweeted out like, oh, I guess they tuned Brad back in because it's not about what Brad did or what Brad didn't do. He's telling them they need to do these things. And there's only so much motivation that an NBA coach can give. Like, I don't think people understand (laughs) what the NBA really is. And that's at the heart of this because people don't understand NBA basketball versus college basketball or high school basketball is different. It's might as well be, it's the, it's, it's the Velveeta versus real cheese. You know, like it's the, the other stuff is Velveeta and this is like the real cheese or flip it around. I don't give it, I don't care, but it's not the same thing. It's not, it might look the same, might feel the same, but it's not the money changes. A lot of things. The motivation changes a lot of things. So, uh, sure. There, there's a time where the players do tune out the coach and that becomes obvious to me. That becomes obvious. You'll hear it in what they say. You'll see certain things, um, on the sidelines. I just don't see it. I don't hear it. These guys are, are, are on board with how things are going. So I, I just don't, I just don't see it as the coach. If it ever does become the coach. I will tell you, I'm not married to Brad Stevens. Like if he's not going to be the Celtics coach forever, there's going to be another coach in here someday. And by the time I'm done retire, I'm retiring from, from doing what I do. There might be five, six, seven more coaches for all I know. That's, but this is not the time to get rid of Brad Stevens. I, I, I still think he's good. And there's more so, I just don't know that there's anybody better. And this is a critical time on top of this is a critical time for Tatum and Brown like they're supposed to be contenders is this the time where you want new you gotta start learning something I I don't know I don't know I'll get back to the questions in a second first uh, rockauto.com is the place to go if you need anything for your car no matter how simple no matter how complicated go to rockauto.com pop into their uh, very easily easy to use database pop in your car specs whatever you need you'll see all of the options for your car like I don't know much. I pop the hood, especially nowadays in a car. I don't know what the hell is under there. I'm not going to be ordering complicated car parts, but you might. And it's all there. And it doesn't matter if you're a pro or do-it-yourselfer. RockAuto.com is going to have the same price for everybody. That is not necessarily true at the other places. If you go to one of those strip mall, brick-and-mortar you know, chain stores, you're going to get whatever's sitting on the shelf. You're going to waste your time. You're going to stand in line, and that person is going to give you whatever they have. Stay at home. Use rockauto.com from the comfort of your own home, and you're going to get everything that you need at a great price. Check them out right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. When you do buy something, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That's how they know we sent you. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Looking to place some money on some sports action? Go to Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to do that. Baseball, NBA, obviously, hockey. There's plenty to bet on. Sports around the world. So get all of the latest news, odds, info for all of your sporting needs, even UFC, MMA, all that stuff. Uh, before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online. Use your laptop, mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams preps for their runs to the playoffs. Head on over to the website, 
use your mobile device, whatever, sign up today. Use the promo code Locked On to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Whatever your first deposit is, 200 bucks, $100 welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly if you do decide to do so. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Let's get back to the questions. Besides fatigue, what's the biggest drawback of the play-in games? Lack of practice time, psychological toll? Yeah, well, first of all, it's disappointing if if you're the Celtics it, to, to be in or the Lakers or one of those, like the sixth seed falling into the play-in tournament. I think that's like, there's a mental like, oh God, I can't believe we did this. Now, if you're the, the 10th seed and you're in, you're like, you're pumped. You've got, a, you've got the opportunity to, to upset somebody. So the, the psychology is different for different teams, but you have that, that psychology issue, uh, of course. There is, it does cut into your practice time. For the Celtics specifically, it cuts out of, it cuts rest it cuts rest out of their their schedule because if they are the 6th seed or the 5th seed or the 4th seed then they get to kind of chill out for a couple of days and get off their feet watch some game film if you know you're playing either the hawks or the knicks like if that stuff is settled and you're you get to sit on your laptop or your you know your your ipad and go through the clips and start to mentally prepare for all of the stuff. You get to go to the, you know, get treatment and massages and all that stuff and maybe lift some weights or whatever. That stuff is all, uh, that's all part of it. So yeah, that's, that's going to be the biggest problem. Uh, next comment. It's unfortunate to see Jabari Parker get so many DNPs as of late. I was hopeful it would be different this time on the Celtics. So two things. It's, it shouldn't be surprising that when the Celtics are whole that Jabari Parker isn't getting playing time. He just got here. It's not, it's not like he's going to get a, a ton of minutes in the playoffs. He's, he's not. Uh, you put him out there and he's going to get targeted like crazy uh, defensively. So the thing with Jabari Parker is he'll have an opportunity if he stays with the Celtics to make, make his case for some bench minutes. And maybe it will be different this time. It's possible that the Celtics find a way to use him. Like Danny Ainge said, like they figured out how to use Evan Turner. Like that could be a problem. I mean, not a problem. (laughs) It could be a problem, I suppose, but that could be a way that, you know, however they decide, like whatever that version is for, Jabari Parker. Now Jabari Parker could also be a salary that's aggregated in a trade and it's, and it's non-guaranteed and whatever. Like that's the, they can use, they could just use him as a, a contract that could be, I don't know if anybody wants him, but it shouldn't be, a, it shouldn't be a surprise that Jabari Parker is getting DNPs. Uh, let's see, let's move on. Uh, is Aaron Neesmith still on your fantasy team? My fantasy team is long done and I'm the worst fantasy basketball player because I'll go on a stretch 
where I, uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm making my moves and all that stuff. And then I forget, I get caught up with work and it's like, Oh, I haven't set my lineup in three days. I had Jason Tatum. And then I had three days of Jason Tatum on the bench. Like, whoops. So no, that's going out. Uh, here's a question here. Going back to your expectations before the beginning of the season, would you say that the Celtics perform better or worse than your expectations? Well, very obviously worse in general, because I, and, and I will say I did not expect this level of COVID problems. I did not take that into account. So I understand why they underperformed my expectations, but my expectations were certainly higher as far as quality of performance. And I think if we go back and listen to some of my preseason expectations, I thought that what we see at the top of the East, that's kind of what I thought would happen. Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee were the clear class of the East. Boston, I thought was in a tier by itself, not as good as those teams, but not as not as bad as some of the other teams behind them. And then I thought five, six, seven would be Miami, possibly Indy, a uh, couple of other teams in there this might be slipping my mind. I didn't think Atlanta would be up there. I didn't think New York would be up there. Charlotte, I thought would fight for the eighth seed. Toronto, thought Toronto would be better. They obviously got so screwed. So that doesn't even count really. Um, I thought Orlando would be better than they are, but uh, I thought the Celtics would be in a tier by themselves in fourth. So clearly they underperformed my expectations, but I still thought they'd be fourth and they could still be fourth. And I think considering all of the COVID stuff, I think the worst thing that happened to the Celtics was those games that got postponed, got jammed back into the February schedule. That was a killer. That was a real killer for them. So that's the answer. They underperformed, but I, 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 I know why they underperformed. Uh, Vlad, did the Celtics run it back with Tristan and Williams at the center spot next season? I like, I like the, the center. See, this is the cool thing about putting these graphics up. You can tell who's classy, who's like a classy like Canadian, the center, C-E-N-T-R-E. I like that. We need to do that more often. Uh, I, think, I think what we see next season is Rob probably becomes the full-time starter. And maybe Tristan moves to the bench. I think we've seen with these guys that that's, that's fine. That, that works out uh, well for the Celtics. If, if, if Robert Williams can strengthen his left leg, all of that, he has had tendonitis in that left knee. He's had problems with that left hip. He's got to figure out over the summer how to either change his gait to relieve pressure on that left leg somehow or change how he runs or change how he strengthens that leg so he can be ready for 30 plus minutes a game. Like he should be averaging 32, 33 minutes a game next year as a Celtics starting center. Do that, work on your handle, work on your jump shot a little bit, be able to like set a pick, short roll, mid-range jumper. That's going to be a thing that we don't want to see him take a ton of, but he's going to be able to get that. He's going to need to hit that when Tatum and Brown and smart get a ton of attention when they drive. So, but I think that with that and with Tristan off the bench, that's fine. People get caught up in the center position a lot. The center position is a a position that can be 
held down. You can keep Luke Cornett around. Like, that's fine. If you say, hey, Luke, we're going to sign you to, I don't even know what his contract situation is, but we're going to keep you around, end of bench, break glass in case of emergency. Maybe situationally, he can be a pick and pop guy. That's fine. You keep those three guys, done. Move on. I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Should I go, uh, was it Coombsy? Should I go all in on Neesmith and Pritchard rookie cards? Hey, you never know. Uh, let's see. Mr. Duncan, whatever. This is obscured. Panathinaikos or Olympiakos? All right. Olympiakos. My father's from Piraeus, and that's the team from Piraeus. So, which is funny because my this is like what I'm about to say for people who don't know Greek basketball. Um, it's like it's like being a Boston fan rooting for like Philly or something. My dad grew up an Ajax fan, and but the the home team from where my dad grew up is Panath- uh, is, is Olympiakos. So. But the the other funny thing is Panathinaikos is uh, they're they're green and white and they've got the shamrock so it'd be a very nice very easy transition to wear Panathinaikos stuff uh, have that shamrock on I couldn't do it I couldn't do it it's funny uh, I jeez I thought I had my hat around here somewhere too the red and the black of uh, Olympiakos so. That's that. I'll put that there. We're going to wrap this up soon because we're starting to go long, but let's get this question up here uh, from Bailey. Donovan Mitchell or Jason Tatum? Who's got it better? Who's got it better? Um, Huh. That's interesting. Well, Donovan Mitchell currently has the better team. Jason Tatum... Well, Jason Tatum's obviously the better player. Um, I think... I'm going to say Tatum has it better in Boston because he's more obviously the centerpiece. And you can say, um, is, is, oh, okay, here's a question. The better player, the better player is Jason Tatum. Jason, Jason Tatum is the better player. Jason is certainly more dynamic. He's bigger. He's a better defender. He's, I would take, I would take him over Donovan Mitchell. There's a strong argument that Donovan Mitchell is not even the best player on his team right now. So like, or the most important player on his team for sure. So, you know, I I'm taking Tatum first in that draft. You know, if you, if you say which star are you building your team around? It's Tatum for sure. Uh, let's get a come. When are we going to see the rain of Jays live on YouTube? Uh, I don't know. We got to get these guys together. Let's, uh, are there any more here? I, I, I'm skipping over a few, but, uh, and this will be my last one cause I'm going 40 minutes here and my throat's going to fall out. Is it crazy to think that an early playoff exit is better than a deep playoff run that does not end in a title players could rest, work on skills, rehab, medical issues, etc. in, in another short off season. I understand what you're saying here that getting to the conference finals again cuts into July and it's another short off season. Get bounced in the second round or first round. You've made the playoffs. Look, I, I can't, I can't say that one is better than the other. I understand what you're saying, and certainly, getting guys the rest for next season. The argument is, if you're not going to win a title anyway, 
make the playoffs, say you made the playoffs, get these guys some experience, and you move on. <sighs> Theoretically, the, yes. However, from a player's perspective, I, I just want to win. Like, I'm thinking of it from a player's perspective. You get these guys more experience. Each time, each step you get, you get a little bit closer. You get to that second round. The psychology of getting past that second round, losing in the conference finals, or making it to the NBA finals and losing, that drives people. That adds some hunger. And if Tatum and Brown get to the NBA finals together, you say, look, and and this is clearly fantasy right now because they're not good enough to get to the NBA finals. But let's just say, let's just say, if they do make a deep playoff run like that somewhere in that sphere and Tatum and Brown look at each other and be like, man, we are so close, so close. Even after everything that we've been through, we get there. Look at the experience that you got Neesmith and Pritchard and these other guys. Uh, Making that deep run makes it more likely that you sign somebody else, that a, a, a one of those veteran free agent guys that I talked about earlier looks at Boston as a legitimate contender and says, I got to go there. That's going to be my opportunity to play and win, a, potentially win a title. So that's important as well. Uh, I, I think that that has value. I just can't, I just can't advocate for, for losing. As I, I think I would rather get them deep into the playoffs if they can. However deep they go, they go. Look, if it's July, they still have August. They still have September. They still have time. Um, and you can manage that next season. Uh, I, I think I would, I, I go for the experience over the, um, over the other scenario. As long as, as long as Tatum doesn't go to the the Olympics, like that's, that's where I don't want Tatum to go to the Olympics. They might want him to go to the Olympics the way he's playing right now. They might want him to that. I would have a, an issue with if he went from, if he went from long playoff run to the Olympics, then August off, like, oh, God, enough. But, all right, I'm going to wrap it up. I want to thank everybody. There's a ton of messages here. Uh, I did not get to them all, but I thank everybody for watching. This has been great. Uh, This has worked out very well for me. Uh, The YouTube Live, the Periscope, I threw it on Periscope uh, as well. I hope people are subscribing to the YouTube page. I'm really trying to drive that YouTube page and get that up. That's the next step here. So I've turned my living room, people who are watching on video, into some sort of set. I got my books over here. I got my jerseys on the back wall. I got a little signage over here. I got a signed, uh, that's a Paul Pierce basketball over there. So, uh, which I got through uh, a charity auction. Uh, that was a That was a charity purchase. So, um, I just want to thank everybody and, and hopefully you, you know, you spread the word and share that, uh, the show is on YouTube now and hopefully you're enjoying the videos. If you've got suggestions, things you want to see different ways, like I'm not a big YouTube user. So if there are ways that other people are using YouTube that you've seen that you think would work for me, send it along in the comments, contact me, go through my website, johncorrales.com. There's a way to message me through there while you're there. Buy my book, 30 bucks, signed copy, gets into your door. (laughs) Um, But mostly share the podcast. Tell your friends that they should be listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.